right. Well, good morning, everyone. What a beautiful... Did anybody get out and do anything yesterday? It was perfect outside. Did you get a chance? Frisbee? Frisbee? You know, I, I couldn't go play Frisbee last night because, um, if you don't know, the young, young people from Life Spring go play Frisbee every, ultimate Frisbee, that is, every Saturday night. And um, I'm, they, don't, they don't start until 9 o'clock at night, and it goes till about 11. So when I get out there, I like to think of myself as an athlete. So I get really jacked up and really pumped up, and then I come home, you know, about 11.30 and can't sleep. Like, don't sleep at all. So there's been like three Sundays, or two or three Sundays in the past, like, two months where I haven't slept at all on Saturday night. And so if you've noticed anything different about me, please forgive me. Uh, I walked in here feeling like a zombie. Uh, But today, I feel good because I didn't play Frisbee, and I feel like I have a lot of energy and and, and a lot of stuff to share. Um, I'm excited about this series. Anybody remember the series that we're currently on right now? That was weak sauce. Anybody remember the series that we're, we're currently going through right now? Yeah. There's everybody. All right, you've got to respond to me this morning, all right? You've got to give me a little bit. We're going through Amped Up, um, and it's great. We're on, the, we're on the part of the A, which is access, and uh, Pastor Dan kicked us off two weeks ago, and he started off by talking about uh, access to Father God. Access to Father God. How many were here for that? Wasn't that amazing? All the things that were set up. Uh, and, and, and all the op- different opportunities we had to connect with God. We have some amazing people at LifeSpring. Amazing people. Let me tell you something just real quick, let you in on a little secret. The people who set all that stuff up are not paid people. Those are volunteers. Those are all volunteers. So if you see somebody volunteering around here at LifeSpring, give them a big hug and say thank you. Because, I mean, we are volunteer heavy in this place, and it's awesome to see God work through people. But Pastor Dan started us off two weeks ago talking about access God. And then last week, he talked about access Jesus, right? And how Jesus changes everything. Jesus changes everything. And I don't know about you, but it was powerful for me to see when people walked up here with the cardboard and, and, and showed uh, the sin or the struggle in their life. Uh, before they came to Jesus, and then they turned it over and said, look, this is what Jesus did. You remember that last week? That's powerful stuff. That's powerful stuff. Because that's what Jesus does, is he changes everything. Everything. I need that in my life. I need that in my life. I need Jesus to come in and change things, to restore me, to renew my mind, all those things. I need that. I need that. So if you had to take a guess this week about who we might be accessing, what would your guess be? Yes, yes. A bunch of Bible scholars in the house. I love it. I love it. Um, Yes, we're talking about accessing the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is actually the third member of the Trinity. Remember, there's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, right? And they're co-equal, co-eternal, co-eternal, if, you, if you've been at LifeSpring for the past two months, um, we had two people come in and talk about the Holy Spirit. Two people. One was my dad, and then one was Jim Hayford. And both of them killed it. They did a tremendous job. Both of them did a tremendous job. So when Dan said, hey, Adam, on June 22nd, I need you to speak about the Holy Spirit, I thought, what? <laughs> what? I mean, I'm going, you know, I'm going against, you know, 50 years of ministry to my, you know, Six. Come on, man. Cut me a break. Um, but literally what I thought about right off the very start was like, I wonder if we have the podcast of Jim or my dad. And if we do, then we'll just play that. We'll just play that. 
we'll just play that. Oh, it's so good. I really did think about that, though. And I was like, no, no. And then the Lord kind of convicted me and said, hey, if you can't talk about me, then what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? So we're going to access the Holy Spirit this morning. You know, sometimes the Holy Spirit kind of gets a bad name, gets a bad rap sometimes, because we don't understand him fully, do we? I mean, I know we don't understand God fully, um, but, but sometimes the Holy Spirit can be kind of the odd one on the outside. Like, we don't really understand all that. But I'm here to tell you today, remember when Paul said to be, to, to be um, uh, do not be dumb, basically, of spiritual giftings and, and spiritual, spiritual things? That's what he's talking about. He's saying, don't be naive to the fact of the Holy Spirit. Know the Holy Spirit. Get to know the Holy Spirit. There's power. That's where the power is at, is in the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit takes what's in heaven and what God has for us, and he delivers it into our lives. So we have to get to know who is the Holy Spirit, and how do we have access to him? How do we have access to him? Um, You know, it's impossible um, to live the Christian life without the Holy Spirit. It can't be done. The spirit-filled life is the Christian life. You can write that down this morning. The spirit-filled, spirit-led life is the Christian life. If you're living a life without the Holy Spirit and you claim to be a Christian, I don't know. I don't know. Because me, Adam, on my best days are not good enough. Are not good enough. I need the spirit guiding me and leading me and filling me each and every day. That's what the Spirit does. So it's impossible to live the Christian life without the Holy Spirit. And I'm here to tell you today that the Holy Spirit is essential. He is important. He is very important. You cannot live the Christian life without the Holy Spirit. Remember when Jesus told his disciples that that he had to go to the Father so that he could send who? The The Comforter, the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. He had to. He had to. Remember, when Jesus was in, in his earthly ministry, he was, con, he was constrained to a physical body, right? So only a limited amount of people had access to him. See, but when the Holy Spirit came and came down to earth and, and God sent the Holy Spirit, now everyone has access to it. I don't have to be in the same area as Jesus. Um, there's his Holy Spirit and he's, 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 he's everywhere. And it, it's my job to access him. He's not restricted by location. See, that's why he sent the Holy Spirit. He said, I'm sending something that's for everybody, not just for a couple of people right now. Not just for a couple of people. And I want to make a distinction real quick. Um, um, And I'm not sure of your theology, but as the four square denomination, um, we believe that salvation or regeneration, salvation um, and the baptism of the Holy Spirit are two separate things. They are two separate things. You see, and, this, and, and I like this because this is the best way I know how to explain it, is salvation reserves your spot in heaven while the baptism of the Holy Spirit gives you the power to experience heaven on earth. I'll say it again. I'll say it again. I can open that myself, too. <laughs> um, it says salvation reserves your spot in heaven while the baptism of the Holy Spirit Gives you the power to experience heaven on earth. You see, we all have to start out at the same spot. We all have to. We all have to start out by being saved and asking Jesus to come and be the Lord of our life and our Savior. We all start there. 
We all do. But then there's another step. There's another process called the baptism of the Holy Spirit that actually empowers believers to live the life that God called them to live. Live the life that God called them to live. And there's all sorts of opinions and things about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and what it should look like and and what gifts should follow. And I'm not here to talk about that today. If you want my opinion, you can come talk to me afterwards. I'm great. I'll let you know my opinion. But that's not where I'm trying to go with it today, okay? But I just want to let everybody know that salvation, accepting Christ Jesus into your heart and into your life, and the baptism of the Holy Spirit are two separate things. Two separate things. Both of them are important. Both of them are important. So much. See, salvation reserves your spot in heaven while the baptism of the Holy Spirit gives you the power to experience heaven on earth. Heaven on earth. You see, Paul says not only to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, right? But to be continuously filled with the Spirit. Ephesians 5.18. Ephesians 5.18 says this. It says, And do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, I, I want to look at that part, and I'm sure some of you have heard this before, but when it says, but be filled with the Holy Spirit, what that is actually saying is not just a one-time filling. Not just a, okay, I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit, so I'm good now. No, what that means right there is to be being filled. Continuously, continually be filled with the Spirit. Continually be filled with the Spirit throughout your life, Throughout your week, throughout your day. I don't know about you, but if I'm not focused in on God, and maybe not in my Bible, or maybe not be praying or find a time to worship throughout the day, by the time the end of the day, and this is just the end of the day for me, by the time the end of the day hits, I'm wiped out. Spiritually. Spiritually, I'm wiped out. Why? Why is that? Why do I feel like that? Because I didn't take the time to fill myself with the Spirit. It's a very real thing. When I was a little kid, I always wondered, well, you know, why do you read your Bible? You know, before I really understood all that stuff. Well, obviously to know God and to know who he is and to know the story. But another thing is, is that it fills your spirit. It fills your spirit. That's how you continually become filled up. Become filled up. Spending time in worship is my favorite part. Like, I like reading my Bible, and I, I, but I'm not so much like a learner like that, just like from, from reading. Um, but the Holy Spirit still talks to me, still gives me good stuff. Uh, um, but uh, but my, I love worship time. I love worship time. Just that time where we get to come in and just commune with God. And there's no objective. It's just to be with Him. Those are the times that I get really filled up. And after those times, I feel like I can, I can take on the world. Like, you can't stop me. I could take on the world. I mean, I'm serious. Those times jack me up. They fill me up. So why is it important to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Why is it important to have Him in our lives? Well, there's many things, number one. Many, many things. The Holy Spirit is a huge topic, a huge person. And for me to get up here for 40 minutes and try to act like I can tell you everything about the Holy Spirit would be dumb. But I want to focus in on something today. And it's in, it's in 2 Corinthians 3, 5, and 6. But it says this. It says that the whole, and it's, this is what I wrote in my notes, is that the Holy Spirit qualifies us to be able ministers of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit. 
So 2 Corinthians 3, 5, and 6, it says, It is not that we think we are qualified to do anything on our own. Our qualification comes from God. He has enabled us to be ministers of his new covenant. This is the covenant, not of written laws, but of the Spirit. The old written covenant ends in death, but under the new covenant, the Spirit gives life. The Spirit gives life. You see, what are they talking about right there? What, what, what is he talking about right there? Here's what I got out of it. Is that the Holy Spirit qualifies us to be able ministers of Jesus Christ. To be able ministers of Jesus Christ. That's what the Holy Spirit, that's one of the things, and the thing I want to focus in on today, is that the Holy Spirit qualifies us to be able ministers of Jesus Christ. So much better with the Holy Spirit in our life. You see, my, my, my personal experience is, 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 is uh, with the Holy Spirit is I grew up in a church. Pastor Randy said he was born on the row. I was too, okay? Um, literally, my dad was a pastor. We went to church Sunday, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and for sure Wednesday night. Those were guaranteed three times a week. And then whatever else was happening through the week, we was there. <laughs> we were there, absolutely. So we... We went to church a lot. And so my experience, we were a Pentecostal church, so, so we function in the gifts of the Spirit. And, and there was a lot of things going on, and I was a little bit scared of some of the things that I saw. Just being naive and not knowing what was going on and not having a, a foundation in the Word. Um, I was a little afraid, so I was always hesitant uh, when the Holy Spirit was brought up. I knew he was, he was important, but I was always a little hesitant. Um, and I remember when I was... When I was 16 years old, uh, right before summer camp, uh, my pastor, my youth pastor asked me, he said, hey, Adam, I want you to speak in youth group. And I thought, oh, no. <laughs> no. Um, I knew I wanted to do this, but I was scared, you know. So I got up there, and it was like, eh. <laughs> I knew when I got up, I was like, eh. I don't know about that one. Um, but I gave it all that I had. I gave it all that I had. And so we went to camp a couple of weeks later. Um, and, and the, the speaker was talking about being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And for the first time, it really clicked. It really clicked. And so he, he had an altar call for people to come. And, and kids, you know, there were thousands of kids there. So kids came running to the front. Um, and he said, now here's what I want you to do. I want you to believe that God gives good gifts and he's giving you the Holy Spirit right now. I said, okay, I could do that. I could do that. Um, and that, that night was actually the first night... Uh, that I spoke in tongues, that I spoke in tongues. Um, so oftentimes beforehand, I felt like I was trying to force it, you know, just trying to appease people around me, like, you know, whatever. Um, but, but that night was the first time I legitimately felt the Holy Spirit in my life working and moving, and I had the gift of tongues with it. Um, and so, so after I got back, I said, um, I went to my youth pastor, and I said, hey, look, you've got to give me another chance. You've got to give me another chance. I want to talk about Jesus again. Um, and when I got up there this time, I'm not saying it was perfect or it was the best sermon ever, but I knew I had something on the inside of me feeding me, you know? It was feeding me something. That's what the Holy Spirit is in our life. He enables us to be effective ministers of Jesus Christ. Of Jesus Christ. That's what he does. That's what he does. And here's what I want to do. I'm a point person, so we're going to go by points this morning. Um, I'm going to give you five things. And it may seem negative, but don't worry. We're not going to harp on the negative. We'll eventually move to, to some good stuff. But I want to give you five things that can hinder the fullness of the Spirit in our lives. Five things. Everybody say five things. 
Don't go to sleep on me yet. Let's go. Let's go. Don't go to sleep on me. It's about to get good. It's about to get good. All right, so five things that can hinder the Spirit in our lives. First, let me pray. Jesus, we love you today. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would come and reveal Jesus to us. We also ask that you would come and fill us up a brand new way, Father, that, that we would uh, have open hearts uh, to receive what it is that you want to do. We thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So number one is this. It's quenching the spirit. That's a real churchy word, right? Quenching the spirit. I wanted to change it, but I didn't change it, uh, the word, because I was like, no, I'm not going to mess with the Bible. I'm not going to do that. Uh, but number one is quenching the spirit. First uh, uh, Thessalonians 5.19 says this, do not quench the spirit. Do not quench the spirit. Um, and, and, and so what he's talking about right there is, is the word actually quench in the English language. Uh, what that's an example of is a blacksmith who is heating up a, a, a horseshoe in the fire. And when he takes it out of the fire, you know, it's blazing hot, right? It's blazing hot. And what that word quench means is that as, as when that blacksmith takes it out of the fire is he dips it in the water and cools it off. That would be quench. Quench. And that's what 1 Thessalonians 5.19 is. Is, is, is. That's what he's saying. Do not quench the spirit. Do not try to cool off the spirit. Let him burn. And let him burn hot in your life. Let him do that. That's what he's there to do. That's what he's there to do. So it says, do not quench the spirit. I remember when I was first baptized in the Spirit, like I told you a second ago, boy, I was on fire. If you wanted to know about Jesus, I was telling you about Jesus, Colby. That's just how I was. I was on fire. But as time went along and time kept moving further and further, I realized that I wasn't on fire anymore. Anybody ever happened to anybody in here? Come on, you got filled up, you got baptized, something great happened. Oh, I'm going to burn like this for the rest of my life. Give you about two months, and, and, and what happened? What happened, right? That's how I was. But I, why? Because I was quenching the spirit in my life. I was cooling him down. I wasn't taking the time to be filled up like Paul said. To be being filled up. I wasn't doing that. And so I was actually, and I didn't even know it, but I was quenching the spirit in my life. Now, can the Holy Spirit still move? Absolutely. He's God. He can do what he wants to do. But we just have to learn to work with him. So do not quench the spirit. Number two. Everybody say number two. Uh, is grieving the spirit. Ephesians 4.30. This is what it says. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. With whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. You know what the word abs, uh, grieve, grieve there means? It means to make sad. It means to make sad. When I was looking that up, I mean, I've got to be honest with you, this is the first time I've ever saw it. When I was looking that up, I thought, you know, I think about making the Holy Spirit sad. Holy Spirit sad. And, I, and, I, and as I dug further deep into it, is, is, is what it means is to make sad um, by the choices that we're making in our life. And I thought back and I thought, oh no. I hope the Holy Spirit isn't crying over me with the choices that I'm making. I hope I'm not making him sad. But that's what it actually means, is to make sad. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Do not, do not make him sad. 
do not make him sad. And how do we do that? How do we make him sad? By the words that we speak. The words that we speak. The thoughts that we have. The Bible says take every, every thought captive. Yeah, you may have it for a second, but don't dwell on it. Get it out of there. The thoughts that we have and our actions. That's how we can make the Holy Spirit grieve or make the Holy Spirit sad. And I have to be honest, like in my old life, I, I had to look and I say, okay, where, where possibly can I be making the Holy Spirit sad? Where could I be grieving the Spirit in my own life? Because I don't know about you, but I'm glad for where I'm at. I'm glad for where I'm at, but I want to go somewhere else too. I want to move along in this process. Christian journey is not a standstill. It's a, it's a race, right? It's a race. And it's not a sprint, but it is a race. So it's moving, and I want to move with it. So when I go over these things, I'm not trying to be negative, but I've, already, I, 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 I've looked in my own life, and still am looking in my own life, but where can I possibly be grieving or making sad the Holy Spirit? Because I don't want that. I want to learn to work with Him, to move with Him, to be somebody that He can trust and use. Trust and use. And please don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that you've got to get all five of these perfect, and then the Holy Spirit will use you. It's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying these are some of the five things that I've found that can hinder our relationship with the Holy Spirit. I didn't say stop. I just said hinder. Holy Spirit's bigger than me. I can't stop him. I don't think you can either. Number three is this. Everybody say number three. Limiting the Spirit. Limiting the Spirit. Psalms uh, 78, 40-41. Uh, it says... Oh, how often they rebelled against him in the wilderness and grieved his heart in that dry wasteland. Again and again, they tested God's patience and provoked the Holy One of Israel. They did not remember his power. You know what? Forgetting what God has done in your life, forgetting what God has done in my life, will limit his power that he has in my life. Does that make sense? When I forget what God has done, I limit God. I limit God. I limit God. When I forget all the miracles and all the things to get me to the point that I am today, I limit God. That's what they did in, in the wilderness. This is what it's talking about. Remember all the miracles God was providing through the Spirit, you know, before the Spirit actually came, but was kind of just coming to visit them? Remember all the miracles He was doing? Feeding them, uh, saving them, taking them out of Egypt, all those things. And they kept forgetting, so they were always asking for a new sign. Prove yourself. Prove yourself. If you're the God we should be worshiping, prove yourself. That's what they cried out in the wilderness. But I look in my own life sometimes and I think, sometimes I ask God to prove himself. But if I just look back far enough, he already has. He already has. So forgetting what God has done limits the Holy Spirit in our life. It does. Because so, instead of asking for the same thing over and over, Lord, feed me, whatever, we should be moving along in the journey. We should be moving along. And I think this is a, a prophetic word for some people in here today. I really, really do. I really, really do. Is, is some of us in here today are in a situation and we're terrified and we're scared and we don't know what to do. But I want to tell you this morning... I want to tell you this morning that God is not intimidated by your situation. Hear that. Hear that. 
God is not intimidated by your situation. He's not. And he wants to prove himself to you again. He does. Right now, I know that to be true, that there are people in this place who are stuck, who feel like they've been stuck for a while, and God wants to open up new places in your life, new places of him that he wants you to experience. If that's you this morning, you need to grab it. You need to grab it and say, yes, Lord, I'll take that. I accept that. I accept that you want that in my life. This morning. This morning. Everybody say number four. Four. Thanks, Ray. Um, Number four is this. And this is a big word, but blaspheming the spirit. Woo. Woo. It's not good. It's not good. And this is what it said, Matthew 12, 31 through 32. It says, so I will tell you, every sin and blasphemy uh, can be forgiven, except blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, Spirit, which will never be forgiven. Hello. That's some big stuff right there. Anyone who speaks against the Son of Man can be forgiven, but anyone who speaks against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven, either in this world or the world to come. You see, what does that mean? What, is, what does that mean? This is what that means. It means to attribute the works of, 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 of God, the Holy Spirit, to the works of Satan. That's what that means. Remember when Jesus was walking around healing people and they were saying, who is he? You know, is he, is, is he, the, is, is he the devil? Is he, you know, a demon? What is he? He's casting out demons and they were attributing his good works, the good works of Jesus Christ to that of the devil's. That's what blasphemy of the Holy Spirit actually means. Actually means. And I know sometimes in your life, you may be thinking right now, Adam, I would never do that. I would never do that. I, I agree. I wouldn't either. I wouldn't either. But that's why it's so important for us to guard our hearts, to guard what we say. All of those things. It's important. Because these things matter. These things matter. I remember when I was uh, about 19 years old. Uh, and I was working part-time at the church as a custodian, and the rest of the time I was uh, a basketball referee. And I actually moved up pretty quick. Um, the first year, uh, I refereed some, some junior high games. Oh, Lord. <laughs> junior high boys, junior high girls, it doesn't matter. You're going to be there a while. And don't call every travel because you will be there all night. Um, um, but I remember, and so, so I started moving up, and... Um, I started moving up, and, and um, I was refereeing varsity uh, that same year. So I was like, okay, yeah, I'm making it. You know, I'm doing some good things. And I loved refereeing basketball. I just loved the game, period. Uh, so I loved being around it. Um, and, and, and what you would do with the way games is, is you would meet your partner, meet your partner somewhere, and you would both drive out there together. That way you'd save gas money. And you actually got paid pretty well if you drove. So I was always trying to drive. I was like, I'll drive, I'll drive. The gas money was amazing, <laughs> amazing. Um, so I was, making, I was making pretty good bucks. But anyways, that has nothing to do with it. We were driving um, out to Heiko, Texas. I'm talking the middle of nowhere. Right when you get outside Waco, you don't see anything. And you see a couple buildings in Heiko, and that's it. And a gymnasium. And, and a football field, excuse me. We are in Texas. Um, uh, and so, so on the way out there, this guy, um, we get to talking, we get to talking a little bit, and this is, um, this would be like the second or third time that we've actually driven out somewhere together. Um, and so he kind of knows who I am, and he's talked about that he, uh, 
his denomination. He's graduated from seminary in his denomination and uh, really conservative, really, you know, just really conservative. It's Texas. Um, um, and so, um, so we were talking about some things, and he finds out that I'm Robert Henderson's son. I always kept it on the DL, the down low, you know, because I didn't want to talk about it. I did not want to talk about it. Um, so he finds out, and um, he's, we, had, we had healing services every Saturday, or not every Saturday night, once, once a month on Saturday nights. Um, and, uh, I mean, it was really good. People were coming from all over the region, all over central Texas, uh, to, to, to come to these meetings once a month on Saturday night. And God was doing awesome things. He was showing off his power and his healing touch like I, I haven't seen in a long time. And people, I'm telling you the truth, people were coming out of wheelchairs. People who were blind were seeing. People who were deaf were hearing. Uh, all people who had cancer, they'd go back to the doctor and it'd be gone. I'm telling you, God was moving. And so with that being said, people were coming. People were coming. You know, you can deny a couple stories like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But when they just keep coming, the testimonies keep coming, it's hard to deny. So anyways, we're driving. We're driving out there and... and uh, he says, so tell me about these uh, healing services you guys have. So I'm like, oh, maybe he's a conservative who wants to be interested, you know. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump out and tell him. And so I'm telling him, you know, people are being healed and, and it's amazing and God is doing all these wonderful things. And he stops me. Uh, he stops me and he said, do you think God's doing that? And I thought, what? I thought, what? He said, I, fit, I, I think if we dug far enough into it... Um, we find some bad theology. That's what he told me. I mean, I'm, I'm a 19-year-old kid. I'm a 19-year-old kid who just loves Jesus and trying to, go to, to, you know, trying to go to Bible school and get to know him better. I grew up in a Christian home, but, but he had the theology on me, right? He supposedly had the theology on me. And he was telling me that, that if we dug deep enough that we'd find the bad theology. And that he really didn't think it was God that was doing that. But, at the same time... Now you're talking about my dad. Now you're talking about my dad. To me in my car. It's about to go down. It's about to go down. And so, like, I'm swerving on the road, you know, like, what? You, what? What? You know, he's scared to death. Finally, he was like, okay, okay, okay. I'll, we'll, we'll just agree to disagree, you know? Because he probably thought I was going to wreck the car because I was, you know, slobbering and mad, you know. So I was slobbering. But I was upset because I'm like, look what God is doing. Look what he's doing. Why would the devil or <laughs> ever do something like that? Why would the devil ever help you out? He doesn't. He doesn't. And so you are somewhat blaspheming the Holy Spirit by saying that, that the work of the Spirit is actually the work of Satan. Why? He doesn't do good things for us. Now, I'm not condemning that guy. I don't know exactly how to... Oh, that's right. He said, maybe just a little bit. Oh, I'm not... But... but <laughs> forgive um, I love him. And we rode in the car. Actually, that was the last time we rode in the car because I scratched him after that. So I don't want to deal with him anymore. I don't want to go anywhere with him. So I scratched him. The Christian thing to do. No. Um, but I just remember hearing that and I thought, why, why don't do that? And we were the weirdos in town because we, we, we dared to believe God. We dared to believe that God was good and that his spirit was alive in us and that he wanted to do something. Or he wanted to do something. And so he did. He did a lot of things. It was awesome to be a part of. 
But that's what I'm talking about when I say blasphemy in the spirit. You have to be really careful because just because we don't like it sometimes or it doesn't fit our box sometimes doesn't mean it's not God. Doesn't mean it's not God. I have things that I don't really care for that I'm not going to open my mouth against because if that's God, woe be to me. Woe be to me. It's just my opinion. And I think sometimes we get our opinion and, and God mixed up a little bit. Where our opinion, you know, I kind of like this kind of service and I like it when the Holy Spirit does this, um, but I don't really like this. Well, who's to say that that's not the Holy Spirit? Obviously, be wise. The Bible tells us to be wise. But at the same time, we serve a God that's bigger than us. And the Holy Spirit wants to be at work in each one of our lives. So don't blaspheme the Holy Spirit. And number five is this, insulting the Spirit. Insulting the Spirit. Hebrews 10, 29 says this, Just think how much worse the punishment will be for those who have trampled on the Son of God, uh, who have treated the blood of the covenant, uh, which made us holy, as if it were common and unholy, and have insulted and disdained the Holy Spirit who brings God's mercy to us. What I want to say out of that is, don't become used to the Spirit. Sure, it should be a normal thing in our life, but don't become so used to it that you don't even recognize it anymore. It's insulting to him. It's insulting. He doesn't want the praise, but he does it to show off Jesus. He's not in it for the praise. And I've seen this a lot in church, uh, especially in my own life, and and uh, just growing up in the church that um, sometimes we can get so used to the church service and the what's going on in the church service, and this is kind of how our church service moves and operates, that we can miss the Spirit because we just get comfortable. And this is just kind of what we do on Sunday morning, and we fall into a routine or a pattern, but the Holy Spirit's still at work, you know? Well, I'm not getting fed. Well, I guarantee the Spirit's moving. He's moving. He's moving. And I know that not to be true here at LifeSpring because Pastor Dan has a crazy vision. I mean, he's doing crazy stuff in here. Do you know how blessed we are to be a part of that? I mean, I, 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 I tell you the truth when I say I am blessed to work for Pastor Dan Birch. I am. Because he's not one way up here and one way at his house. He's the same dude. He is the same dude. And his vision for this place is just amazing. I mean, what church of 160 people does what they did two weeks ago on a Sunday morning? I got, I, I got the answer for you, too. None. None. And he has a vision for this place. So don't, so don't, don't, don't treat the, the Spirit as something just normal in our lives. No, it's not normal. It's supernatural. And, he, and the Spirit wants to be supernatural. The Spirit wants to be supernatural in our life. We just have to allow him to give him the room. Give him the room. So those are the five things, and, and, and those were five things. But here's the good news. I got two more things for you, all right? I got two more things for you of accessing this spirit. And here's where we're going to go. We're going to go to Luke eleven thirteen, And it says this. If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? So I got two things for you, and they're really, really deep. Are you ready for them? You ready for them? Here they are. How to access the Holy Spirit is stay open to all that the Spirit has for you. Stay open to it. And number two is ask for more. Ask for the Spirit. 
ask for it. See, that's what it says right there, is, is the Father will give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him. There's not a big, long line of things that we have to do or get correct before the Holy Spirit can come in our life. No, accept Jesus and ask for the Holy Spirit. It's that simple. And He will respond. He will respond to us. See, because why is it so important? Why is it so important that we have the Holy Spirit in our life? Why is it so important? Because he qualifies us to be ministers of Jesus Christ. That's important. Now, listen to what I said. It's not just about the preachers being ministers. No, the Holy Spirit qualifies all of us to be ministers of Jesus Christ. Did you hear that this morning? He doesn't just qualify the guys who get up here and preach on Sunday morning or whoever it may be. No, he doesn't limit it to that. He qualifies all of us. All of us. To be ministers of Jesus Christ. See, Ephesians 4, uh, uh, 12 says um, that he puts people uh, in certain roles to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. We are all called to be a part of the ministry, whether you're a doctor, whether you're a nurse, whether uh, you work landscaping or you do roofing, uh, or if you're a teacher, whatever it may be, we are, we are all called to be ministers of Jesus Christ, to minister the good news of Jesus Christ to people wherever we are. And that's what the Holy Spirit does in our lives. He gives us the boldness and he gives us the gifts to be effective ministers of, of Jesus Christ. Effective ministers of Jesus Christ. We are all ministers. It does not matter how you get paid. That does not matter. We are all ministers of Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit. And that's what he comes and that's what he gives us. That's what he comes and that's what he gives us. So, so we're going to do something this morning. And, and I think it's kind of cool because this can apply to anybody out here today, okay? We're going to have an altar call and, and we're going to sing a special song. But during that time, I want people to come up and be prayed for, okay? I really want you to be prayed for this morning. Because this is what we're going to pray for, three of these things. Number one, if you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, hey, you want that this morning? Now's your time. Now's your time. Ask for him. Uh, come down here and, and, and receive prayer from one of the people who are praying. Number two is this. If you're feeling kind of empty, or maybe you're not feeling all the way full, and you want to be filled back up, Prayer is a way you get filled back up. Come on down and, be, get, and, 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 and get prayed for. And number three is this. If you want to be commissioned as an able minister of Jesus Christ, we want you to come down here as well. And we're going to do something kind of cool. The ministry team this morning is actually going to be the team that's going to Ghana um, um, so we can get our hands-on experience. Uh, and minister the Holy Spirit, because that's what we're going to be doing in Ghana, ministering Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. So if the, if, if the ministry team would come up, and listen, I don't want you to sit in your seat this morning. I really want you to respond to this. And after that, as a, as a prophetic act, after you get prayed for, here's what I want you to do. I want you to walk through this door right here, and you can go down that way. But as a prophetic act, you're saying, I want you to access all that the Holy Spirit has for me. Not just bits and pieces that I like and look nice and that I kind of get along with. No. Walk through this door and say, you know, I want to access all that the Holy Spirit has for me. All of it. All of it. Testimony? Testimony time?
he healed me, that I would get up and testify. So here I am. So, <laughs> I'm very nervous, but um, several months ago, I started out with a kidney stone, like in December. Through the different tests they do for that, they found out, and many other tests, they found out that my liver was enlarged. And so I went through more CAT scans, and and I ended up having a liver biopsy, a, a ultrasound of my heart, which was fine, and all that. And, and um, they found I had stage four cirrhosis of the liver and the fatty liver disease. And when I went to the gastric health doctor, his solution to that was to put me on prednisone for a couple of years. And I was already, by following some of the things, diet changes, I was already losing weight. And I thought, you know what? This isn't God's answer for me. And so I went to a, I went to a naturopath. And um, they put me on, had gave me a diet to go on and gave me supplements. But the really big change happened through all the prayers. I have to give glory to God because many people had prayed for me. But when Adam's dad came, Ray prayed for me that night and he prayed for me. And all I can say is I felt so engulfed by the Holy Spirit that night that when I went home, I could not sleep. I laid in bed, and God showed me that he was healing me, but I had to keep doing my part. I had to continue making the life changes, and it hasn't been easy. But it worked. And the, gastric, the one thing the gastric health doctor said when he heard I was going to a naturopath, he said, well, you know, Go ahead and try that. It won't hurt to try it for two months. And then you come back, and we'll do the test again. And don't expect much of a change in two months because there's such the damage is so great. And um, so my liver was only functioning, I think, at about 50%. And so, um, and I knew right then, I knew God was healing me. So I just kept doing it, and then my daughter gave me a Nutribullet for Mother's Day, and so I started drinking those green smoothies I hated that my mom would drink. And <laughs> I actually like them. <laughs> but um, anyway, I um, had my liver panel done again about, it's been about two weeks, I think. And the, the two tests on there that they look at for liver, one and one went down almost 50%. It's right in the middle of normal. <laughs> the other one went down not as much, but it's in the normal range. So my liver is functioning at 100%. And something that a doctor, I, I work in a clinic, and one thing a doctor told me that he says, a doctor won't tell you normally is that they say the scarring of the liver can never be reversed. They can maybe clean up your liver and make it healthier. But um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> <I'm> here. <laughs> but he said it can be reversed. And he says what you've done, you've re- you have reversed the process. And we know who gave me the strength to do that. And even, he said, even the scarring of the liver, without having that inflammation there anymore, 
can be reversed. And that's something other doctors won't tell you. And I was really, I needed to hear that. Because, I mean, I know who gave me the strength to do everything I've done along the way. And all I can say is praise God and thank you for everyone that has prayed for me. Keep praying for me because I still have a journey to go on. I'm still, I'm at 40 pounds weight loss and I I need to keep doing it and, and need the strength to keep going. So, Amen. Praise God. Amen. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, so this morning I want us to be bold, okay? I really do. I want us to come out and to receive prayer. Receive prayer from the people up front this morning. If not for anything else, to help us get a little practice. No, but I really do believe that the Holy Spirit wants to meet you down here this morning. He wants to fill you back up. He wants to baptize you. He wants to commission you to be able ministers of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Let's go.
God is moving by His Spirit. It's good to come and give up on ourselves. Say, God, I give up. I can't do this by myself. Come and minister to me like never before. Set me free. Be real in me. here that hasn't come in, that wants to avail yourself, don't leave until you have an opportunity to have one of these people pray for you. As they're finishing up, would you raise, just raise your hands toward this team that's going to Ghana? Lord Jesus, we just thank you. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that Pastor Adam's been talking about. And Lord, that it's, uh, it's uh, part of the Trinity. It's part of the, part of the promise of God to have you as our comforter and guidance and someone that can empower us. And so, Lord, we pray for this team. We pray for Ray. We pray for Joe. We pray for Colby. We pray for Emily. We pray for Rachel. As they head off to Ghana here in a couple months, Lord, Lord, that you will move by your Holy Spirit in a mighty way. That lives will be changed. That these young people that they'll be ministering to in the different places they're going, your Holy Spirit will go a step ahead like never before. That lives will be changed. People will be saved. Demonic oppression will be broken off of people. Uh, these people, as they go, will come to grow in the Lord like never before. They'll come back new, renewed, changed, and on fire for you. But Lord, we pray for in advance for your Holy Spirit to be in them and through them and come back with the testimony that will shake Lyspring and Edgewood and Milton and Fife and Auburn and Puyallup like never before because of your Holy Spirit starting here and going out to the world. God, you are so good. You're so good. We pray for these people. We pray for these people. Awesome God. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. 